across the UK, Overnights with Martin Kellner. There is a place I'd give the world to see, where the music's softly playing and the rhythm's gently swaying. Underneath the stars and a million bars, guitars are softly saying, Mexico. Yep, that's where we're off to now, uh, to Campeche in Mexico. And let's say uh, a very uh, warm welcome to our good friend, uh, John Bonfilio. Uh, John, thanks uh, ever so much for joining us. No problem, Martin. How are you? I'm fine. And you're in uh, La Maria restaurant in the center of Campeche with the chef Enrique Ortiz. Um, and we're going to try, just to set it up, last week we were talking about uh, chili made from worms, tree bark, ice cream, fried Amazon ants, lizard ceviche, uh, some of the offerings that are part of uh, a Latin American food revolution, uh, claim to uh, hold the key to global sustainable eating. And you're trying out this sustainable eating, so let me know what it is you've got there. I can see the pictures here. Um, let us know what you've got there and what you're trying out. Yeah, so we, we're going to try out three different dishes. But as you say, this is really almost sort of going back, um, going forward to the past because pre-Hispanic cuisine was always you know, deeply uh, sustainable and involved in, in local environmental practices. So this evening we're here with Enrique Ortiz, the owner and the chef here at, at La Maria, who's prepared three specific dishes for us to to try and Enrique, maybe you can just say a little bit about traditional pre-Hispanic cuisine and its roots in a number of things, but also insects. Okay, hello, how are you? Uh, hello, nice I'm you fine. Both. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, since pre-Hispanic uh, times, the the Mayas and all the other cultures in Mexico has always been trying eating these different type of insects and bugs, and now we are starting to retaking. Uh, costume to, to try to eat more uh, insects, to try to stop a little bit the, the over-consumption of the meat on, on mm -hmm. all this aspect. So we are starting to use it more and more in the in the local cuisine no? to integrate to our different dishes. So so the first one we've got, Martin, is the, is called a tostada de chapulín with guacamole, which is basically a, a firm fried tortilla with a fried grasshopper cricket with a little bit of of guacamole, which I'm sure all of your listeners have um, have tried in the past. So maybe we can begin with that one and see how that how that tastes. Yes. Okay. Well, we've all tried guacamole. So, the, the rest of it we probably haven't. But I'm picking up a little circular corn tortilla with guacamole. All of that looks pretty, you know, unspectacular. And there are three pretty significant bugs on the top of it. So I'm just going to give that a little crunch as Enrique speaks of, of the importance of the chapulín of the grasshopper in, in Mexico. Okay, well, they are mostly consumed in Oaxaca. They go to a process when they uh, toast the, the chapulín or the grasshopper, and they, they add salt and chili, and that is a method so they can uh, keep it longer, the, the mm. product, no? Did you hear the crunching? Uh, just, was vaguely, just inside my mouth? Uh, it was mainly inside your mouth, actually, John. But we d I did hear, you know, because I heard the description of it. What does it taste like? Does it taste like chicken? <laughs> well, this is obviously the standard joke, isn't it? You know, even yeah. um, when you have snake, everybody says, oh, it tastes like chicken. But 
So this is, it almost tastes a little bit sort of Worcestershire saucy, this one. Right. It's got a kind of crunchy exterior. I, I'd like to say that the interior was crunchy as well, but it's perhaps a little softer than I would have liked. Um, <laughs> and, I know what you uh, mean. But, it, you know, definitely, definitely distinct. Um, I, I don't know, it's something which is maybe just a little undercooked on the inside, but definitely has a sort of smoky, yeah, Worcestershire saucy exterior uh, taste. But, you know, uh, we've gone through number one, and I'm still here. And uh, so I think That's we can move news. on to the second one. Yep. Which is a, a, a dish based around a grub. Uh, it's a corn enchilada with what's called sickly buck, which is a local pumpkin seed puree. And it's got some grubs uh, on top of it. Um, these grubs, you can't actually see unless you realize that you're looking at grubs. So I guess that's a positive. Um, but we're going to try that. Maybe, Enrique, you can explain as I um, continue hating Martin Kellner through this broadcast. Uh, <laughs> Where these where, where these grubs come from? Yeah, well, actually, these are considered a uh, pest here in in Mexico. They go to the corn and they eat start to eat the corn. So right. in the center of Mexico, they basically started to to eat it the the worms the the crops. They started to to retaking this custom of eating these worms. So now we mix it with a little bit of the local uh, the local cuisine. We have the corn enchilada that basically is eaten all over the, the peninsula, but then we added the, the corn crop. We kind of uh, fry it a little bit so it gets also crunchiness on the outside. There's definitely crunchiness on this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's funny because it only eats corn, so when you eat it, it's like it a tastes you, corn. It tastes yeah, like corn. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually one of the things I was going to say. It tastes, you know, if you think about your Mediterranean holidays and you have like those really small uh, white bait fried fish, mm. um, it, the, 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 the corn grub tastes a little bit like that. It's sort of yeah. been fried to within it, an inch of its life. It tastes a little bit of corn as well, but it definitely, like if you didn't know it was there, luckily, um, it's, you can just munch, munch it away and then, and then continue. Yeah. And then for the third and final, Enrique, what have we got? Can you tell us about the, okay. well, the salt? For the closure, we wanted to have a little toast. So in Mexico, we always talk about the mezcal or the tequila, and that's also one uh, part that why we have it now. We have a salt made of worms. It's a, it's Let me just reiterate that. That's salt made from worms. <laughs> right. Well, we've heard about yeah. the worm. Yeah, the worm in the... Uh, tequila that that's quite well known isn't it is it in tequila yeah, so, yeah yeah it's one of those things that's a little bit gimmicky but in some mezcals and some tequilas you do have a worm at the bottom but this is a specific worm which is toasted ground mixed with salt and chili and then the salt that you then have alongside the mezcal or the tequila is actually made from worms and has a distinct taste to just sort of standard salt and it's definitely a little bit unique yeah, and it's mostly to try to elevate the case. We put a little bit of orange, sweet orange, and then we're going to add the powder, the chili, and you can take the mezcal, and then you can try the, the orange with the salt of worms, and you're going to have this. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm guessing that if I did have any worms, that this these dishes and this uh, this mezcal I'm just taking, uh, tasting has actually removed the worms from my stomach. So um, <laughs> it's all been a, a, a more painless process than I would have um, than I would have guessed. But for sure, if we're again looking at you know past and future cuisines, I guess the point is is that incorporating existing foodstuffs and protein, which exists readily, 
uh, is definitely, you know, one of the avenues towards reducing climate change and environmental Armageddon that we speak of um, so 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 frequently. So massive thank you to Enrique and to everybody here yeah, at Maria for letting us letting us be here. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks to yeah. you and a warm greeting from Campeche. Yeah, and uh, a warm greeting back from uh, Wakefield in, uh, in the United Kingdom. I'll explain and what Wakefield course, is later, Enrique. Yes, do, and, and, and London. We're in Yorkshire and uh, London as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, bless you for that. Number two was the one that I would try, you know, because number two, if it's like white, you know, anything fried to within an inch of its life is always going to taste great. You know, it's going to be crunchy and it's going to be salty. And a bit of chili as well in there. It sounded great, actually. Number two. Yeah, the only one, the only one that tasted distinctly, maybe a little bit strange, was was definitely the, the grasshopper to start off with. The yeah. grub, you say, you know, was you could. You, we've all had that that small fried fish experience, and then the worm salt. It definitely tastes different, but you, you, there's no way you would know that it's made from worms unless you were sitting next to the chef who's explained to you just now before you eat it that it's yeah. made from worms. Excellent. Well, brilliant. Thank you ever so much for this uh, outside broadcast. While you're with us, uh, let's talk about Maradona because we, uh, you know, ever we do our Latin American roundup, we usually uh, end up talking at some stage about Maradona. Obviously, his fans will be uh, bereft at uh, Napoli uh, going out of the uh, Champions League uh, this week to uh, Milan. Um, however, there's a bit of a Maradona story about his, his the doctors and nurses who who treated him when is there not a maradona story uh, martin but this week i mean it's heavily trailed we've spoken about it before we knew that this is probably where it was going to head and next year get ready because 2024 is going to be the year where there is a massive high profile uh, trial of eight of his doctors and nurses who attended to him um, and are being tried of homicide uh, specifically related to their behaviors active or by a mission which contributed to the death of Diego Armando Maradona, and that includes, uh, get this, his neurosurgeon, his personal doctor, his psychiatrist, his psychologist, and two of his nurses who have been accused of simple homicide. Uh, in short, events which have led to the to the to the to the death to the end of a person's life, but if found guilty, could receive between eight and twenty-five years in prison. Wow, wow! It's one of those cases that I mean, I think we're going to have. Similar sort of cases carrying on over uh, Michael Jackson's death as well. You know, there's lots of talk about you know him being wrongly prescribed uh, various drugs and things. But that is uh, that is a big one on Maradona. Just the final story, uh, John. Um, uh, homemade submarines being used to move cocaine around. This is an amazing story. Tell me about this. It is, and, and it, uh, they're being referred to as homemade just because it's not militaries that are that are making and building them. It doesn't mean that there's not significant infrastructure behind Marines. I mean, this is actually something we've intimated or suggested about before on, on your show, Martin, because it's one of those things that, you know, if you think about what we know about the cartels, we know that they're versatile, they're focused, they're creative, they're motivated. And, of course, if you think about how, tr how drugs, narcotics are transported internationally, then, of course, you get to start thinking about uh, submarines. And it's not generally mentioned because uh, they're not caught. But recently, one was grounded off the coast of uh, off the coast of Spain, and which just gave a real focus to what we already knew was that significant um, amounts of uh, drugs, in particular cocaine from Latin America, are being shipped across the Atlantic underwater, often to Africa, to the Azores, um, 
Cape Verde, uh, the Canary Islands, where there are, for a long time, there's been rumours of uh, huge numbers of uh, submarines littering the ocean floor where they get dumped as the drugs then hit land and then get moved up to, uh, to Europe. I mean, the scale of this, again, as we've spoken about before, is is absolutely staggering. So Mexico makes more money from exporting drugs than it does from exporting oil, which is its biggest legitimate foreign currency earner. And if you look at this internationally, in terms of international global GDP, nearly 2% of international GDP is based around illicit drugs. So it's one of those things that the things that we know about in terms of the movement of uh, drugs and specifically cocaine is only a fraction of what is actually taking place. Wow. Wow. As you say, we've sort of talked about this in the past and intimated this was going on, but uh, it is phenomenal when you when you hear the figures. Um, Jonathan, I hope that uh, you're going to be fine for the uh, for the rest of the evening there in uh, Mexico. Sounds like it wasn't um, it wasn't too trying, um, trying out the uh, the grubs and the uh, grasshoppers if, and such like. Yeah. If I'm I'm calling you on your personal number in the small hours. Oh no, hold on, this is the small hours. <laughs> These are the small hours here, I'm afraid. They don't get much smaller. Um, John, thanks uh, ever so much. Do appreciate it. And Take care. There he is, uh, John Bonfilio. A Maria restaurant in the centre of uh, Campeche uh, with chef Enrique Ortiz. Marvellous. Uh, right. We're going